Now this story is from France, and it's called The Mouse Princess. Now there was once a king who ruled a fine kingdom, and he had three sons. But the old king was realising that he was getting older, and he thought, you know, it's time to pass on the reins of being the king to one of my sons. I want to spend a bit of time on my own. I want to do whatever I want. I want to go fishing. I want to read a book. I just want to do whatever I want instead of always having to be king and make decisions and ruling and all that. But which of the three sons to give the kingdom to? Now, the two oldest boys, well, they were very similar in their ways. They loved to party, they loved to dance, they liked fine clothes, they liked to go riding on horses, and they were kind of show-offs, but, you know, they just liked life to go by simply, without having to think too much about what they had to do. They would rather leave things to others to do than think about it themselves. The youngest son was completely the opposite. He was very, very quiet, very shy, and he spent a lot of time by himself because that's what he liked. And he read a lot, and he thought a lot. So he would be having deep thoughts, but he wouldn't be speaking to people. So the king, well, he could see the good side of all of them, but he could also see their faults. And then his mind went to the queen. You see, the queen, his wife, had died a few years before, and, oh, he missed her. There wasn't a day that went by that he didn't think about his queen. And he thought, well, you know, I probably wasn't much better than those princes when I was young either, until I married my beautiful wife. Because, you know, it's the queen that makes the king. And she certainly gave a lot to me and made me the man I am today. So, if one of the boys has a good queen, then that is half the battle. He's halfway there to being king. So I must find out who is to be the queen after I step down. So he decided to set a task. And he called his three sons to him, and he said, My boys, I've decided that I think it's time I was standing down as king and letting a new, younger person take over, one of you. But I don't know which one. But I would like to see who would be the queen to replace your dear mother after I retire. So, I want you to do something for me. Now, the queen, your mother, you knew how beautiful she was, and how kind, and how elegant, and how charming, and how clever she was. And, you know, no matter what happened, she always found the right words. I want to see who is going to fill her shoes, big shoes to fill. So, I want you to take this flax 
and he gave them each a hank of flax, just a big pile of flax that you spin thread with. And he said, take this flax to your lady, to the girl that you are courting, the one that you would like to be your wife, and tell her to spin thread with it. And in seven days' time I will judge to see which is the best thread. It's no small thing. I mean, any queen, anyone in a position like that, she should not despise anything simple. Because, you know, the simple things in life are important too. Now, the two elder uh, sons, they, they went to their ladies. Now, the eldest son, he was courting the daughter of a count. And the other was courting the daughter of a duke. And they were both very, very beautiful women, but very, very proud, very vain, very arrogant, not really nice people at all. And when they said to their loves, the king wants you to spin flax into thread, they went, what? Why would we be doing something like that? That's for the servants to do, not us. Well, you see, they said, the king says that he is wanting to retire, and he wants to know what the next queen will be like. So if you were to be our brides, then you will have to spin some thread and impress the king. Well, both the girls were greedy, and they were ambitious, and they thought, oh, Queen! Wow! Never thought of that being the queen. Well, they could see that crown glittering on their head, even as they thought. And so they took the flax, and they said, We will weave it. You have seven days. Now, the youngest, well, he didn't have a lady. He wasn't going out with anybody. In fact, he was very, very shy of talking to girls. So he didn't know what to do. He put the flax in his pocket, and he mounted his horse, and he rode off for a ride through the forest, thinking that, well, it'll get a chance to clear my head. Think about this. Now, he was riding for quite a while when he came to a tower, and he hadn't seen it before. Now, this tower was a ruin now, and it was all covered with ivy and honeysuckle. And he sat down there to think. Now, a few years before, in another kingdom, there was a very beautiful princess, elegant, gracious, thoughtful, and loved by everyone, except for one. There was a witch who didn't like her. And what the princess had said or done, I have no idea, but that witch took a spite against her. She thought that she had done or said something to slight her. She had insulted her in some way, and as a punishment, she turned the princess into a mouse, a tiny little squeaking mouse. Well... The king and queen were very upset, but there was nothing they could do. The witch said to them, <laughs> I will not 
let that girl return to her rightful form until she makes me laugh. Now, despite the fact I just said ha-ha earlier, which was a mistake, she never said ha-ha, she never said ha-ha in her life. She had never laughed, not even smiled. So the chances of the poor mouse princess making her laugh was not good. Now, the king and queen were heartbroken. Their beautiful daughter was a mouse. But they got the carpenter to come in and drill a hole in the skirting board so that the princess mouse could have somewhere to live, a little mouse hole of her own. And she scuttled away into the hole, and she sat there, and she cried little mouse tears. Now there was a problem. You see, the queen was very fond of cats, the palace was full of cats, and cats, of course, love mice. Not love as in they want to pick them up and give them a cuddle. No, they want to pick them up and eat them. And the poor mouse princess was terrified of the cats. Many a time she had to run for her life across the floor and only just made it back to her mouse hole in time. In the end, she decided that it was just too much, and she was going to go away. So she ran away from home. She left the palace where she lived with her mother and father, the king and queen. And she traveled right across the kingdom, and she traveled into the kingdom of the king with the three sons. And she had found that tower, the tower all covered in ivy and honeysuckle, and she lived there, very happily. Now the prince was sitting at the foot of the tower, and he was miserable, sad. He sat there with his head in his hands. Now the mouse princess saw him, and she could see that he was a fine-looking, handsome young man, a young prince. But she also saw that he was sad, and it was that that made her pity him. So she climbed down all the ivy and the honeysuckle, and she sat upright on her back legs and looked at the prince. She was a few feet away from him. She looked him straight in his face, and she said, "'What's wrong? Why are you so sad?' "'Well, if that had been you or me,' We would have probably got a real fright, wouldn't we? A mouse talking? But this prince was such a deep thinker that it never occurred to him that it was strange for a mouse to be talking to him. And he looked at the little mouse and he said, Oh, well, uh, my father, the, the king, he, he wants either me or my two older brothers to be king after him. And... He's given me, uh, and well, he's given the three of us a hank of flax that he wants. He wants our ladies to spin it into thread. Well, what's the problem? asked the mouse princess. Well, the problem is I, I don't have a lady. I'm, I'm a bit shy. Oh, she said. Oh, bless. Well, maybe I could help you. You, little mouse? 
How could you help me? Leave the flax here, she said. I'll see what I can do. Well, the king wants it back in seven days. Then you come back in seven days, and you'll see what you'll see. So the prince thanked the mouse. He got back up on his horse, and he rode back to the castle. And after seven days, he returned back to that tower, that tower all covered over with ivy and honeysuckle. And he called out, Little mouse, little mouse, are you there? And the mouse appeared at a little window, and she climbed down the honeysuckle and the ivy, and she was carrying a little box with her, and she gave the box to him, and she said, There, take this to your father the king, and leave it for him to open. You'll see what you'll see. Thank you, he said, thank you very much indeed. So he took the little box, and he turned his horse round, and he rode back to the castle, and he got there just in time. His brothers were there already, and they had their thread that that the Count's daughter and the Duke's daughter had, had spun, and uh, they handed it proudly to the king, and the king took a look at the thread that the Count's daughter had spun, and it was as thick as rope, no use for making anything with. And he looked at it, and he went, hmm, and sighed, and he set it aside. And then the middle son presented the thread that was woven by the duke's daughter. Well, it was all uneven. Some bits was thick, some bits were thin, and, you know, a baby could have pulled it in pieces, could have snapped it. It was just useless. The old king sighed and set it aside. And then he turned to his brother and said, And uh, where's your thread? And his brothers looked at him and sniggered, because all he had was a tiny little box, and they thought, Well, that's not big enough to hold anything. But the prince handed the box to the king, and he opened it, and there inside was the most beautiful thread that the king had ever seen in his life. It was no thicker than a hair, but it was a beautiful colour, and strong. It was as strong as steel. Well, the old king was very impressed with this, but he said nothing. He just set it aside. Now he said, well, thread is one thing, of course, but it's what you do with it afterwards that's the important thing. So now... I have here three reels of fine linen thread, and I want you to give this to your ladies and make them weave cloth with it. I want to see how good they can make cloth. So they were each given this big balls of thread, and the two elder ones, they went to their ladies and they gave them this, and they said that the king wants them to to uh, to weave it <clears throat> into cloth. And, of course, they were horrified. I'd never done anything like this in their life before. But the thought of that crown sitting on their head, being the queen, bossing people around, <gasps> oh, they wanted that more than anything else. So they agreed, and they set to work. Now, the youngest prince, he rode back off to the forest again, and back to that tower, 
all covered in ivy and honeysuckle. And he called out, Little Mouse, Little Mouse, and the Little Mouse came scuttling down, climbing down all the ivy and the honeysuckle, and said, Yes, did you give the box to the king? I did. What did he say? He didn't say anything. And she said, Hmm, that is well. Well, but you still look sad, she said. What's wrong with you now? Well, you see, he wants... He wants our ladies to weave this thread into fine cloth, fine pieces of linen. Well, maybe I can help you again, said the mouse princess. And so he said, well, maybe you can. You did last time. So he set it down on the ground next to her and he thanked her. But then instead of just heading straight home, he sat down and he spoke to the mouse princess for a while. The two of them chatted away, and he thought, you know, this mouse is the most amazing mouse I've ever seen, because she is so clever. And they had very deep conversations, and, well, the mouse was able to answer everything that he asked, and made him think about things in a different way, and she was amazing. He'd never had such a good conversation in his life, and he really liked this mouse. So he thanked her eventually, and he rode home back to the castle, and after seven days he came back. And the mouse came climbing down the ivy in the honeysuckle and said, Here, give this box to your father, the king, and she handed him another box. Well, he thanked the mouse very much and took it away, went to the castle. Now, when he got there, his two elder brothers were already with the king. And the first one handed over the cloth that had been woven by the count's daughter, and, oh, it was so coarse and rough. I mean, you could have stood it in the corner by itself. It was so stiff. The old king just sighed and set it on one side. Now, the cloth woven by the duke's daughter, it was so uneven, so loose, that it looked more like a fishing net than it did a piece of cloth. And the old king looked at it, and he sighed, and he set it aside. And then he said to his youngest son, Well, where's your cloth? And he handed over the box. And his brothers again nudged each other and laughed, because they thought, Well, look at that. That box is tiny. There can't be anything in that. But when the king opened it, he drew out the most beautiful piece of cloth that he'd ever seen in his life, and it was so fine that it could fold up into that box, no problem, even though it was a really big piece of cloth. But it was so beautifully made. Well, the king set it on one side without saying anything again, and he said, well, you know, these tasks are all very well. But that doesn't make a queen. A queen has to have a, a royal bearing. She has to be elegant and delightful and charming and lovely. And so tomorrow at midday I want you to take your brides-to-be to meet me. I want to see who you intend to marry and which one would make the best queen. Well, the two elder 
sons rushed to see their girlfriends, and they told them all about this, and oh, they were so excited, so they went away to get look for their finest clothes to be ready for the next day, the most beautiful gowns, and all their finest jewellery. Now, the youngest son, well, what could he do? He didn't have a girl. So, he rode off on his horse, and just more out of habit than anything else, he went back to that tower in the forest. And when he got there, he called out, Little mouse, little mouse, and the mouse came, climbing down the ivy and the honeysuckle, and said, What's wrong? Did you give that box to your father? I did, he said. What did your father say? He didn't say anything. Well, that's well, she said. Well, I'll tell you what's not well, said the, said the prince. He now wants us to take our ladies to meet him tomorrow at midday. What am I to do? I don't have a lady. And he looked down and he saw the mouse was crying. She didn't say anything, but the tears were running down her cheeks and running down her nose. Well, the prince changed the subject anyway and said, well, never mind. I mean, I'm sure I didn't really want to be king anyway. I mean, it'd be a lot of work and, you know, uh, so it's, it, it's, it's okay. Don't worry, mouse. Well, I wish I could help you, said the little mouse. Well, this time I'm sorry, but you can't. And he jumped on his horse again to ride off and the little mouse called after him, I will help you. I will find a way. Well, he just smiled and waved, and and then he, he stopped, and he had a little think, and, and he came back, and he said, I'm, I'm very sorry, little mouse. I've been very rude. You, you've been so kind and so helpful, and I really am grateful, and here, I'd, I'd like to give you something. So he took a gold ring off his finger, and he laid it down on the ground next to the little mouse, and then he jumped on his horse, and he rode away. Now the little mouse princess, she was sad, and she thought, how can I help him? And she thought, and she thought, and she thought, but she couldn't think of anything that would help him at all. That night she tossed and turned, thinking about the prince, but she had no idea as to what to do. But the next morning she decided that, well, maybe I can't help, but I can at least be there to support him. I'll go to the castle, and I'll be there when his brothers present their fine ladies to the king, and when he's sad and the brothers are laughing at him, I'll be there to cheer him up and comfort him. So she set off running as fast as she could through the forest on her tiny little mouse legs, and she eventually got to the highway, and she was absolutely dog-tired. She was gasping away so, so tired. And then she saw a man coming along, and he had a basket full of chickens he was taking to the market to sell. Among them there was a black cockerel, a fine-looking bird. And the little mouse stood in the road, and she said, Sir, sir, the man looked around to see who was speaking, and then he looked down and he saw the mouse, and the mouse said, Sir, would you be kind enough to give me that black cockerel? And, and could you make a little harness for it, and a little saddle, so that I can ride it like a horse? Well, the man stared at the mouse in disbelief, and then he laughed. 
And then he thought, you know, if that would be something worth seeing. That would be worth losing the price of a cockerel for, just to see the little mouse riding on it like a horse. So he went and he pleated some grass till he made a little little harness for the for the cockerel, and he made a little saddle out of dock leaves, and he put it on the cockerel's back, and he put the little bridle, a little bit in its beak, and the reins back, and then the little mouse chumped up with the ring in her mouth. She grabbed the reins, and off she went. The cockerel ran down the road, and she steered him with the reins, and the man laughed and laughed till the tears rolled down his cheeks, because it was a funny sight. Now, on the way to the king's castle, she had to pass the house where the evil witch lived, the witch that had enchanted her, the witch that had put that curse on her, that spell that had turned her into a mouse. And the witch's servant was looking out the window when she saw the black cockerel running past with a mouse sitting on its back with holding the reins and, and cheeing it up. And she laughed and laughed and laughed until she was helpless with laughter. And the witch got mad and said, What are you laughing at, you idle wench? Well, she was laughing too hard to be able to tell her what she'd seen. So the witch came to the window and looked out, and there was the black cockerel racing past with a tiny little mouse bouncing up and down on his back, cheering up the reins and making it run faster. And it was the most ridiculous thing that the witch had ever seen in her life. And you know what she did? She laughed. She laughed and laughed until the tears ran down her face. And as soon as she started to laugh, the, the little mouse princess was turned into a real princess again with a beautiful gown and pearls and diamonds and rubies. And on her head there was a beautiful little crown. And she was so graceful and beautiful and elegant. And the cockerel turned into a fine black horse with uh, green and gold reins and saddle. And then the princess rode it as fast as she could to the castle where the king was calling his sons to him. Well, the two eldest sons came in with the count's daughter and the duke's daughter. And they were dressed like Christmas trees. They were covered in gems, so much bling that they looked like they were a Christmas tree. Now, they were so haughty, so stuck up. They waltzed around there, the one with the head in the air, the nose turned up. The other one, the duke's daughter, looked down her nose at everybody like they were dirt. She even had the cheek to look down her nose at the king himself. The king noticed all these things and thought, These girls do not beautiful, but they do not have a royal bearing. They would not make good queens, but what could you do? Now, he said to his youngest son, who was sheepishly hanging around the door, he said, Come in, son. Where's your lady? And... The poor youngest prince, he just blushed and he said, I don't actually have a lady. You don't? No. Oh, 
and his brothers laughed at him. And their ladies looked down their nose at this younger brother. They looked at him with contempt. They thought he was worthless rubbish. Now the chamberlain came rushing in, and he whispered something in the king's ear. And the king said, She's here, is she? Send her in. And so a beautiful woman came walking through the door, wearing a beautiful gown, wearing beautiful jewellery, but not too much, and on her head was a crown. And she had such a royal bearing. She floated into that room, and she was so elegant and so polite. She curtsied low to the king. The king bowed back to her, and she went and stood next to where the youngest prince was still kneeling on the floor in front of his father. Well, stand up, he said, son, she's here. Who? And he looked up, and there was the most beautiful girl he had ever seen in his whole life. While the, the count and the duke's daughters were, were very, very beautiful too. They were nothing like as beautiful as she was. Also, they weren't very nice inside. But this girl was beautiful inside and out. And the king smiled. He was beaming with smiles. And the youngest son looked at his brothers, who were staring at him with hatred, because they knew that the king, if he'd just said a word, the king would give the kingdom to him. He would be king after. Well, the count's daughter and the duke's daughter, they looked at her, they were so jealous. They were green with envy, and they stared as well. Well, and then he looked at the king, and there he was, all smiles. And he looked at the girl, and you know he loved her. She was so beautiful, he'd fallen smitten with her. But then he said, no, I, I, I don't know who you are. And she said, I am to be your bride. And he said, no, I, I can't have you as my bride. If, if I was to have anyone as my bride, it should be the mouse that helped me, the mouse that span the, spun the, the, the flax and, and, and wove the cloth. The mouse is the one I should marry. I am the mouse, she said, and I can prove it. And she produced his ring and showed it to her. And, oh, he was so delighted. He put the ring on her finger, and they were married the next day. And the old king, well, he got to retire after all, and his youngest son and his beautiful wife became king and queen after him. And the old king knew that not only, although he might be quiet and a deep thinker, his wife, the queen, was going to be the real strength in the kingdom after that.